Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, Fantasy Podcast. With your host Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. And we have three Saturday games this week. So we are going to separate things out, give you guys a little bit of an extended preview of those three games. And then on Friday's show, get into the Sunday matchups. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I love when we get the Saturday NFL matchups. It's really fun that we get two full days and also that the players don't have to play Thursday night football. It's very nice. Everybody wins in this scenario, the fans and the players. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to get into our updated Super Bowl odds. Uh, if you recall last week, Wednesday, we went through the mybookie.ag Super Bowl odds. They have changed slightly, um, not significantly, but they have changed due to the uh, wins and losses that happen in week 15. And we're going to recap at the top here. We're going to talk about Monday night football and how that was not a great game. Uh, But on a side note, we have to mention the fact that Drew Brees set the all-time touchdown record. He is one of the most unbelievable players in the history of the game. He has, he's going to set it. He's got a ton of records. He's got one Super Bowl. They might be after Monday night's game. They, I'm feeling pretty good about that team. Again, they look like they got things rolling. Uh, listen, that's it's a huge accomplishment for Drew, and it, we would be remiss to not at least mention it at the top of the podcast because I want to get into the game, but I did want to start with the fact that I was you know, overly impressed with Drew Brees, as we all are, I assume, and congratulations to him, his wife, his family, uh, the Saints, and Sean Payton. It's, it's been one of the most special NFL relationships to watch between Sean Payton and Drew Brees for such a long time. I feel lucky with, that I've been able to watch this whole um, this whole era of Saints football. So, Jake, that being said, your takeaways from the Saints just absolute beat down of the Indianapolis Colts on Monday night. Yeah, I want to touch on Drew Brees for a second first. And you're talking about one of the great quarterback coach relationships of all time. Just talking about a guy that just paid the, the all-time passing yards, all-time passing touchdowns, completions, completion percentage, 29 of 30 in that game. His only yeah. incompletion was like he threw it to the sidelines and – I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. But you're talking about a guy with who's the first real undersized guy in a long time to be a franchise quarterback that San Diego at the time decided they didn't want. Miami wanted to cut negotiations off because they thought he had shoulder issues. And a guy that just worked his tail off to the point where he wasn't the biggest, didn't have the biggest arm strength, he had the it factor of he works harder than everybody else, and he, and he turned into a top 10 all-time NFL quarterback. This is what you get into the all-time – is it talent or all-time best? He's in the all-time best category you got to talk about. I mean, he's Absolutely. probably towards the bottom of the top ten, but that's when you mix in that the, the, the best and the most talented. Because if you're talking about the best, he's got a Super Bowl ring and he's got the numbers. It's hard not to throw him up there. He's got as many Super Bowls as Peyton Manning. Uh, you got to throw him in. Now he's breaking Peyton's records. So I don't know why he's not talked about in the same breath. But the game was an absolute beatdown. You're talking about a really, really solid team all the way around. 
Jamie talked about it. They lost a couple of defensive linemen, and you still can't run on them. That defense is really good. They don't have that many weapons on offense, and Drew Brees is just making it happen. Taysom Hill has become a thing. Uh, Michael Thomas, absolute superstar. He's going to break that record this week. He's getting 11. They'll make sure that it happens. Uh, but absolutely beat. Indy, Indy's solid, man. Indy had a great year. You got to take your cap to Frank Reich, Jacoby Brissett. They just had way too many injuries to sustain what they were doing early in the year. Yeah, and, and for me on, on the Drew Brees note, you know, the moment I go back to was kind of like the redemption story. The moment I go back to is him tearing his labrum uh, and that bad hit that he took in the playoff game against the Broncos when he was with the Chargers. And kind of everybody at that moment knowing that Everybody was looking for a reason to get Phillip Rivers to be the starting quarterback of that team sooner rather than later, uh, and that was the moment everyone kind of went, well, there it is. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of talk, you know, Dr. James Andrews, who's extremely famous, everybody knows who he is now, talked about it being one of the most remarkable shoulder recoveries that he's ever seen mm-hmm. uh, from a player with that position to play at the level that he played afterward. Uh, like Jake said, the the workout with Miami and – New Orleans basically saying you don't have to do med- you don't have to do the same type of medical testing for us. We're, we're going to take a chance on you. Two franchises that were QB starved for most of their run. I mean, San Dan Marino QB starved for both of these teams, and one of them took a chance. And the rest is history. You've got the Super Bowl victory. You've got the. I mean, look, the moment of him holding up his son and his son grabbing the confetti is yeah. going is going to be in every Super Bowl montage until the end of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it is really cool seeing everything that that he has done there. Uh, as far as this game, he was sensational. Like, he plays his best on Monday Night Football. There's something like he has four just dominant performances in his last four Monday Night Football games. Uh, truly lived up to, to all the hype here. Michael Thomas had a big game. All the guys you expected to. Kamara was okay. Uh, again, we're going to spend a lot of time this offseason if he doesn't score in the next two weeks talking about the, the touchdown drought that he has and where we have him rake next year. But he didn't have a terrible game. And, and for the Colts, I mean, just kind of right. Write everything off. It's good Marlon Mack got back on the field. Um, you know, he's a lot easier matchup next week, so he's still somebody that you might consider in a flex spot this coming week. But just a game to forget all around. And I, I know T.Y. Hilton was trying very hard to play off that he wasn't playing on a pitch count and that he's 100%, but we that, know that was lip true. service. You could clearly tell they yeah, were limiting yeah. him. He is nowhere near 100%, but he's trying to gut it out. Uh, but, yeah, this Colts team just – Look, this season for them could not have started in a worse possible way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a shocking retirement from their quarterback, having to figure out and scramble from there. They've had a pretty admirable season considering all of the guys that they've had injured even since that Andrew Luck announcement yeah. on this team. Uh, look, they're, they're not going to finish with a winning record. They're not going to go to the playoffs. But you do have to give them a tip of the cap that this is a team that had every reason to win three games this year, and they were – leading that division at, at a couple different points and we're competitive all year and we'll continue to be competitive in these final two games. Yeah, it's it, it's been remarkable. Frank Reich's a hell of a coach, right? He's he's done a really really good job. GM Chris Ballard's done a really really good job with their drafting over the last couple of seasons. And and they it's very hard. Jacoby Brissett was out for a couple of games. You've had TY Hilton out for a significant amount of time. They've Marlon been down Mack Marlon Mack. I mean, at a certain point when you deal with what you dealt with with Andrew Luck, and then all of a sudden your stars offensively are also out and you're down to a th- – I mean, they have really overcome adversity this year to get to – it took till week 15 for them to be eliminated oh, and from by the, the way, season. Devin Funchess, one of the guys they thought yep. was going to play a big role for them, missed basically the entire season. They That's played a good one point. game. A- Eric Ebron missed time. So they're down there. At one point this year they were down there. QB1, they're QB2, they're RB1, they're wide receiver 1, they're wide receiver 2, they're tight end 1. Yeah, wow. And then they've been banged up in the secondary on defense as well. I mean – 
I, I don't know what more you could ask them about this team. I, I know the record's going to end up being, maybe they'll end up being seven and nine, six and 10, something like that. But you really got to give them a lot of credit because good point, Jamie. They have, they have lost a ton of talent this year. Yeah, they've lost a ton of talent, and it's really hard to win football games in the NFL when you're down where you're down and when your quarterback that you prepared for all offseason literally your retires. Your whole franchise. I mean, it, it's it, I totally stand by Andrew and his decision, but they, he put them in a very, very tough spot um, with the timing of everything, and they've done a pretty damn good job weathering that storm. And listen, they are with Jacoby Brissett, and I think he's shown enough that they – are willing and can have continued to say that that is going to be their guy. Cause I know there's been talk on social about whether or not Indianapolis is going to think about drafting a quarterback. I don't think that's the case. At least it's not what we're hearing from head coach and GM. And I think Jacoby has earned the opportunity to have this team with an entire off season preparation to be the starter, to have healthy weapons, and to see what he has. Because this team has competed. Like I said, they were just now eliminated from the postseason, yeah. right? And and they were in it all year long. And, and to that point, uh, Frank Wright came out today and said, no, they're not considering playing Chad Kelly in these final two games. I know those rumblings had, had been out there as well. Look, they, they paid Jacoby Brissett. Not long-term, but at least in the short term, they're paying him. And he's yeah. going to be their short-term option. And I think that's a great point. Let's see how he does with a full offseason. I mean, he got first-team reps because Andrew Luck wasn't wasn't. <laughs> Sure. But it's a little bit different when you know you're the guy. Absolutely. And everybody knows you're the guy. So I want to see how they perform next year. Look, they're gonna be they're gonna be right in the mix again next year. They're not a Super Bowl contender, at least depending on how they draft, and but they got a lot of money to spend. Uh yeah, they drafted really well lately. They're gonna be in, in competition to win that division because I don't think there's anybody in that division you look at and say, Well, there's a twelve or thirteen win guaranteed team there next year. No. Very, very good points, and I think it's it's gonna be interesting to pay attention to that division and what we've watched from that GM coach tandem thus far has been really good. So I'm interested to see what they do with another off season to, to really bolster that team. All right, let's get into these Super Bowl odds. Uh, we looked at these last week. We went through kind of where we were feeling most confident. So I'll go back through the list. It's changed a little bit, but not dramatically. Uh, the Ravens are still the best odds to win the Super Bowl at plus 230, following behind the Niners at plus 450 then the Saints at plus 550, and you have the Chiefs and the Patriots both at plus 650 on my bookie. So the interesting one that stands out to me is that the Niners just took a loss. They're now the fifth seed, and the Seahawks are behind them at plus 800. Um, listen, I get it. The Niners still have – the Niners have probably looked like the better team, but they're not at the top of the division right now. Um, and the schedule is really interesting. So the Seahawks now have really, really – they're the sixth – team there but they have really good odds in comparison to where you're looking at everybody else and right now their path is significantly easier than san francisco's well look they got week 17 i yeah. mean they, those two teams play each other and if again assuming things everybody holds steady this week that's gonna be for the division which is what the league wanted when they a couple years ago made sure every week 17 game was a divisional game this is what they wanted uh but to me i just i think both those teams are too risky to bet on right now because yeah. one of them is going to be the five seed and i don't think even as good as San Francisco has been, I, I have a – and I know teams have done it. The Steelers were for a while. They were known as the team that would do it. I have concerns about winning three road games to get to the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know if there's any team in the NFL, maybe outside of Baltimore, who will definitely not – who will definitely not be playing on wild card weekend, that I would feel confident winning three straight road games to get to the Super Bowl. Especially this year in the NFC, right? I and mean, we're talking about one yeah. through six – Who's the top? Who's the top? Yeah, who's the, who's the best of that six? It depends on the week. So if you're talking about going on the road for three times to get to the Super Bowl, 
I don't like anybody's chances of doing that against because any of these teams, Dallas could step up, play to their potential, kick the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the NFC playoffs this year is nuts. You're talking about two or three teams that aren't getting in that you don't want to play, much less the top six that do get in. Um, yeah, I mean, of that one, I don't know how you could put out after this weekend that the Saints have worse odds than the Niners. Niners banged up. Yeah. I mean, the center's out for the year. You have two starters, two or three starters on defense, two in that secondary that aren't going to play again this week, and maybe they're back for next week. I don't know. I mean, of those, I still don't, I still don't think – Seattle's home field doesn't scare me anymore. I mean, they're like one game above 500 for the last two years, whatever it is, one or two. Um, their defense is, is garbage. Now, Bobby Wagner's banged up. He's probably going to go on an ankle this weekend. But, uh, I mean, without him, poof, who knows? Uh, I mean, if they sustain any injuries, you know, it's, it's really – I don't know. It's really interesting Kansas City and New England still getting that much love. Uh, Kansas City, I, it, I see that, but I don't know how New England still getting that much love. I mean, you go back and watch the first half of last week before Andy Dalton decided he was going to give it to him. That was the Bengals. And it was tied. 10-10. And half. it was ugly, man. Like, they were struggling. Yeah, Joe Mixon yeah. was running all over him. Like, it was eh. – yeah, I, I haven't seen anything from them that makes me want to bet on them. No, and I think the the most interesting thing for me is the is the Saints part, right? Like you said, because I think I look at this and I go, okay, I, I if I'm if I'm guessing what's going to happen right now, I'm not going to pick San Francisco. There, but I think San Francisco Seattle both win this week. But then I'm not going to pick San Francisco with all the injuries to go into Seattle in Week 17 and beat Russell Wilson and that team. I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are going to win, and I think they're going to win the division, and then. The San Francisco 49ers are the fifth seed. And I look at that and I go, okay, if that's the if that's the more logical option, because they're going to be an underdog in that game, more than likely, then the Saints, how are they how are they I, I, that's where I look at that and I go, I think the Saints have a that's a better bet for me, the Saints. I agree. What the, what I'm imagining their concern is is the Saints have a little bit despite having probably the easiest schedule of those three teams remaining. Uh, I mean, not, Tennessee's not easy, but they go Tennessee and Carolina. Those are two teams yeah. that are better than they should go 2-0 and down the stretch here. Uh, that they have a little bit tougher path to get to the bye. Uh, but I also look at this as saying, you know, I think they went out here. And then all of a sudden, Seattle or San Francisco has to lose one. Now, if it's if you believe San Francisco is going to be the one that wins in Week 17, you know, I know there's some tiebreaker issues that you run into there. And I think that's the biggest reason why, because their path to a bye almost they need – Green Bay to lose this week because Green Bay's not losing to Detroit in Week 17, so they no. kind of need Green Bay to lose to Minnesota this week yep. in order to try to get into that into that first round buy scenario. But I, I agree. I think right now, if someone said every team that brings their best game, like in this hypothetical world we play in, every team plays at their absolute best level, I would take the Saints to come out I of agree. the NFC. I agree. Um, and, and so I like that bet there. Went plus five fifty. The other one, if I have to bet on an AFC team. I don't hate the Chiefs at plus 650 because I'm looking at this now that Tennessee's schedule is brutal. So I think there's a really good chance they're playing Pittsburgh. And, and I, Pittsburgh has played so tough this year. They deserve all the credit. They deserve all the credit in the world because they've lost all the same stars the Colts have and more. Yeah. But they're getting dusted. Duck Hodges can't keep up with Patrick Mahomes. No, it, it will I, just, be I a, cannot see a scenario where no, that happens. It will be a, it will be I don't a think Pittsburgh gets in. So you think it's going to be Tennessee? Yeah. I don't think I don't know if Pittsburgh's winning another game. It could. I mean, yeah. that could that scenario could play out. In which case, I mean, I don't think either team is going to beat the Chiefs. I don't think. Yeah, it yeah. No. Tennessee would give them a better game. One hundred percent for sure. I think they, they can win that. Then they're going. Their next game is automatically at New England. 
which they've already beat them there, and I'm not afraid of this Patriots team right now. Yes, they probably have to get through Baltimore, but maybe Baltimore gets shipped up by somebody along the line, whether they get shipped up by Houston or Buffalo. I mean, it was before they were rolling, but they beat Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore yeah. knows they got to keep pace and score. Now, that, that secondary is a lot different than the first time they played. Lamar Jackson is a lot different than the first time they played, but they beat him already. So it's not saying you can't. I mean, it's, I, yeah. I like that one. Of those, of, of that, that's the best chance or best money odds. Yeah, that's and that's what, what I think we're looking for at this point is, hey, what are some what are some of the odds that make sense? Like right now, obviously, Baltimore is the favorite for obvious reasons. They're going to have a home path to the to the Super Bowl and they've looked like the best team for the whole year. They haven't tripped up yeah. at any moment in time. They have looked like the best team specifically over the last like eight to nine after that bye, where they just went on a roll against good teams and dismantled them. I mean, that's but when I look at the odds and I go, OK. It, what's a little bit of value, and I like the odds. I'm with you, Jamie. I think the Saints. If I'm, if all things are even, and I'm saying I'm getting the best version of every team, I'm taking the Saints. Here's also how I look at this because I'm assuming that we don't have a ton of hardcore gamblers. Like you're not. I, I assume nobody here is putting five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars yes. on games on, on a weekend. I don't think we have Floyd Mayweather listening to the show who's putting a hundred grand on a preseason <laughs> NFL game. You never know. Or, or, or but. Or, I look at this as if I'm going to drive to Vegas or, or in this case, or Jersey or, yeah. or any of these places where now you can drive to and place a futures bet, I need it to be enough odds to make it worth my time to travel, assuming you're not you know five minutes away from a sports book. Yeah. So to me, I need something like, again, you have Kansas City at six and a half to one yeah. and the Saints at five and a half to one that I could put down 50 bucks and say, you know what? It is worth 300 something dollars or 400 something dollars, depending on whatever you get to it. To go back if I win, like yeah. to, to go put fifty bucks on the Ravens to say, okay, I'm gonna win a hundred and twenty. Yeah, eh. eh, like maybe that's not worth my time. So that's how kind of how I look at these as well. If I'm gonna put in, you know, again, if you're betting huge sums of money, then you got to go with whatever you think who's gonna win. Because yeah, at that point, you, sure. you're not trying to get value; you're trying to win, win money. Yeah. But when you, for this case, I think you're trying to get value because you're having fun. Maybe you want to have a rooting interest that your team's out of it, and you want to have a rooting interest in this. But you don't want to again. You don't want to break the bank. Uh, go put fifty bucks on one of these teams and find a new rooting interest. You got to look for something that is at least five to one or more to make it worth your time. The two. There's also the fact that I have uh, now that the Bears are officially eliminated from the postseason. I'm uh, t- putting my allegiance towards the Kansas City Chiefs. So I now I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm going to put some put fifty bucks on the old Chiefs to, to take care of the Super Bowl, and hopefully. Hopefully I make some money and hopefully the Chiefs win and hopefully Andy Reid gets that Super Bowl and Tyron Matthew gets a Super Bowl. That's what I'm hoping for. I would love to see I would love to see Mahomes in Baltimore in the AFC championship game. And just a reminder to everybody who what listen, what Lamar has done is incredible all season long, but it almost feels like we've forgotten how special Patrick Mahomes is all season long, and he's finally healthy. And I think it it lends itself to this opportunity where they're almost the underdog and they go in there and they're the more experienced, better team and they take care of business. Now, listen, there's a lot to be played before that, but that's, that's the dream scenario. That's what I'm hoping for. And I hope Drew Brees on a secondary level, if it's not the Chiefs, I hope it's the Saints. I hope Drew Brees goes and gets himself another Super Bowl, which I think everybody that's not uh, in the NFC South would probably enjoy. Even maybe some of the NFC South people would enjoy it because it's Drew Brees. And from all accounts, he's like the best dude. And I, I've never heard anything other than that. So, Let's get into these Saturday games. We got three games. The Bucks are playing. We got the Pats playing. We got the Niners Rams game. We got a lot of good games on Saturday. So looking forward to that all day long. We got a morning game, afternoon game, night game. So 
The ideal scenario is you are sitting on a couch and you are watching this all day long. My friends did not think about me and they unfortunately planned a wedding on this day and they should know that I will be watching football from my phone during the entirety of their ceremony. literally be that Verizon commercial. Yes, I will be. And, and they will be mad and I will tell them that's too bad because they just planned a wedding on a Saturday when there's NFL football on and there's a fantasy championship on the line. So sorry, I will be watching my phone. Don't have weddings during football season. My PSA. Yes. Never <laughs> get married during, never get married during football season. And I look, I realize the demographics of the show and the, the majority of you will not have the choice in this option. <laughs> I understand that, but just try to push it just a little bit if you can. Also, and like mid May was great post draft. I'm just saying. Yeah, I was going to say, Jake had a beautiful wedding, uh, mid-May, great weather, awesome, awesome, beautiful wedding, and uh, no football was on, so I wasn't mad at it. No, so it was, a, it was a really, really good, uh, very smart decision. So let's start off with the Houston Texans going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've talked about the the Bucks and their injuries and some of the things that they're going to have to to fight through to to win this game. Um, Jamie, the Bucks are three-point underdogs at home in this one. And the Texans need to keep pace, need to keep winning games, want to take care of business. What are your thoughts on this one? My thoughts are that people that are setting these lines aren't watching football games right now. I don't understand this. I don't yeah. understand how the Bucks can be underdogs in this matchup at home. Uh, I think the idea – look, the Texans are a good football team, but they're not a great football team. The yeah. idea of what the Texans can be is and has, has always been in the last few years – greater than what they've actually been on the field. They're not going to be able to run the football very effectively in this game at all because nobody runs effectively on Tampa Bay. So you're taking Carlos Hyde completely out of this game. You make them one-dimensional. You're going to make Deshaun Watson beat you, and he can at times. But I'm not as worried about Jameis not having these weapons. I mean, obviously, you would much rather have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Scott Miller and these guys around there. You're three of your top four wide receivers. But I think they can make do with Perriman and Watson and Howard and Brait uh, and look, the, the running and you know Bruce Arians talked about it yesterday. The running backs are going to have to step up and catch some passes in this game Absolutely. too. Absolutely, and they have guys they can. A group of wall, I can. Ronald Jones showed at times this year that he can. Um, you know, Peyton Barber's not his game, but he can do it. It's just yeah. not what you're usually using him for. Uh, Tampa's going to put up points on everybody. Houston has again they're hit or miss on any given week. Uh, I think the Bucks win this game. I think it's close. I don't think it's a blowout, but I was surprised to see this because they're basically saying the Texans would be. Six point favorites on a neutral field, and I think that's ridiculous. Major overestimation given the way these two teams are playing right now. Uh, I like Rashad Perryman as a top twenty, as a low end top twenty wide receiver this week. Uh, you're obviously playing New Hopkins and uh, and Deshaun Watson. You don't need anything there. Hyde's a sit for me uh, for the most part. I think I'm starting Jameis. I'm not, I'm not shying away from this. They're going to throw the ball still. Yeah, like I just I, Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich aren't going to be like, well, you know, oh woe is us. You know, we don't have any receivers, so you think that's what's going to happen in this game? Have you watched them coach? Yeah. Like, I I'm, I honestly – I mean, obviously you would rather – you want Chris Godwin on the field. You want Mike Evans on the field. I'm not downplaying the loss of those guys. I'm just saying they're going to sling it regardless. And at this point, they're playing better football than the Houston Texans, and I think they can win this game. Yeah, I mean, look, my points are this young defense is playing really well. And exactly. these young corners are going to get thrown in the fire against New Hopkins and – They've, they've stepped up. Man, they played really, really well. I mean, you're talking about Shaq Barrett going to the Pro Bowl, JPP on the other side. Vita Vea has been a monster. Sue has been double teamed all year. And still, I mean, like this Devin White, the Levante David, like this defense is really starting to come into zone. And you're right. I mean, to me, there's as many injuries in the Houston secondary as there is in the, in the Tampa Bay wide receiving core, by the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Houston stops the run pretty well, but they've given up the pass. And Jamie's point, they're going to sling it. And to me, it's one of those things. And, 
I guess it's kind of like behind the curtains kind of thing, but like I go back for the last 20 years of my dad being a coordinator and he kind of relishes these draw it up in the dirt, sign a guy on Tuesday. He doesn't really know his name until after the game because he's got to give him a game ball. He's got to ask what the guy's name is again kind of thing. Um, wins, but he's done it time after time when you're literally like, what the hell was that? I know the offense so well. What the hell was that play? Oh, we made it up at halftime. What? I'm you made it up it's at halftime. He goes, you know, halftime. We got everybody together. made it up. We had like two plays that we liked. Did we change this? We changed that. And a dude we signed on Tuesday that was in training camp with us three years ago that's been sitting on the couch, scores a game one touchdown. It just feels, it just has that feel to me that there's like him and Byron draw something up with Tom Moore, pull something out of like 2001. Remember when we did this with Peyton? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's the third game. Like, <laughs> that's like, Tom Moore remembers every play he's ever called, coached, or watched. It's the most amazing thing ever. It just has that feel to me. I think it's going to be a really good game. They are up against it. They're talking about your left tackle's out uh, for, for Tampa. The right tackle's still on the injury report. It's, it's a short week coming back from Detroit. So, I mean, they are up against it, but they're at home. And they're hot. I mean, four in a row, five out of six. I think it's they're going to fight. I know that. It, it should be they're a really – for TV yeah. purposes, it ought to be an awesome game to start the weekend. They're hot, and they're also – they're playing with nothing to lose, right? Because mm-hmm. they're eliminated from the postseason at this point, and they're on a hot streak, and there's a little bit of that – you have the ability to make decisions and moves and things and have a little bit more fun with it because the, the fan base is turned around real quickly and is all aboard the train now that they've been playing well, and it's funny to see the conversation surrounding Jameis and the records that he set over the last couple of weeks. And the fact of the matter is that – that has to put Jameis at ease in a little bit because the expectations are that you're going to lose this game so you can go out there and play like you want to play. You can't get in your own head. You're not playing for it. Like, you're eliminated from the postseason already. You, you can go out and ball. There is one player playing for something because I don't believe the quarterback has a contract yet. That's exactly right. So That's exactly right. Also leading the NFL in passing by 200 yards. Thank yep. you very much. And so, breaking, and breaking that, every that franchise record going. Play. I mean, he's, look, there's a lot to play for. Look, at three at seven – it was this stupid-ass conversation we're having about draft picks, and the head coach said, hell no, we're here to win games. You've now won four in a row, five out of six, and this young team is like, hell no, we like winning games. This is fun. Exactly. We're out here busting our asses and losing sucks, and losing close games sucks. We're not winning these games. They want to win these last two. They'd love to finish nine and seven. The coaching staff would, the organization would, the team, but they're not laying down. And to your point, no. Paige, the ultimate no-risk-it-no-biscuit coach with nothing to lose? That. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. You know, they're going to take some shots. I mean, that's I, the mentality to watch. too, though. Like you got the no risk it, no biscuit coach and the quarterback, and he's gonna like they're going to. That's why, from a fantasy perspective, I got hit up a couple of times this week. Like, should I be worried about Jameis? And I was like, no. Top eight quarterback this week. For yeah. Me. I, I what did the Texans defense do that scares you? Uh, I mean, legitimately, this is a team that's been. All over the place. So I, I watched Drew Locke. Thank you. Destroy them. Thank you. Like exactly I'm not, right. I'm not. Uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna make my like bold call here right now because I looked it up. Cyril Grayson, the dude that Jake was referring to, just one of those guys you just signed off somebody's <laughs> it's practice. It's the game he's, ball. He's, he's getting fifty. He's getting a fifty-yard touchdown this game for no explicable <laughs> reason. I don't even know what his number is. I'm gonna find out on when Scott Hansen tells me on Red Zone what his number is. <laughs> but like they're, like they're just they're gonna take their shots, and and that to me is. I, even just even fundamentally, like I don't see that big of a difference between these two teams. No, and Vegas seeing a six point difference on a neutral field just doesn't make sense to me. No, and uh, I I'm with you guys. I, I I love taking giving Tampa in a home game, giving them three points. Thank you very much. Sign me up for that. All right, the Buffalo Bills. This is another line that's weird for me. Okay, 
the Patriots are six and a half point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. Okay. They are not six and a half point favorites better than nearly anybody at this point. Um, but especially not Buffalo the way that Buffalo has been playing. So I saw that line and I went, Hmm, interesting. I, I know that Tom Brady has dominated this team. Uh, and and this rivalry or lack thereof over the last you know 15 years, but if you watched the first game that these two teams played in, that this team is not six and a half point favorites better than that. I just they're not. So I that's the line I looked at. And I said, hmm, giving giving that that team almost a touchdown. I feel pretty confident in that. That's a, that's when I looked at it and I said, wow, that's really interesting. Uh, Jake, do you agree with me, or are you going to take the pass to cover that at home? Hell no. If the Patriots were playing the Dolphins and it was six and a half, I'd be like, mm, damn. <laughs> I'm taking the Bills to win. Let's go. Period. I'm, I'm taking the Bills to win 23-20. Give me the six and a half all day long. That line's crazy to me. I don't give a damn if it's in Foxborough. New England has showed me nothing. This Patriots offense – Edelman last week couldn't do anything. He's not struggling with energy and injuries, and he's the only guy that's been consistent on that offense at all. You're not running it on this Bills defense at all. They've been solid. Tredavious White's an absolute monster, so whoever their best healthy receiver is is shut down. On the flip side, the Patriots defense is really good. There's an X factor when you play them. Look at Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen runs it as good as anybody. I said last week the X factor could be him winning that game, and it was with his legs. But John Brown is getting his. Cole Beasley's been really solid. Singletary's been great catching out of the backfield. I just – the Bills feel like a better team. And, look, there's not the mystique of the Patriots when you're talking about a bunch of 23- and 24-year-old kids in Buffalo. I mean, they were they were in kindergarten when Tom Brady – or younger than that when Tom Brady started this monstrous run he's been on. The mystique for them is not the same. The mystique to them is we're going to go knock these dudes off in Buffalo or in, in New England because we're feeling ourselves. We're damn well coached. We're healthy. And we're playing really good football. Like, I don't think they have this, we're playing Tiger Woods on Sunday in the final group, we're going to fold thing. No, and the other thing, Jamie, before I let you break in, is if you've listened to the press conferences this week and you've listened to the to the players talk, if you recall, there was a pretty nasty cheap shot on Josh Allen in the game up in Buffalo at the beginning of the season. And it's going to be a point of emphasis. You've heard a couple of the different defensive players come out. They've circled this game. They're ready for it. They want this one. And there's a little revenge to that. And if if you're going to talk about a player that embodies going in and playing like, I don't give a damn that you're the Patriots, it's Josh Allen. That's how he plays. He he doesn't care. He's taking selfies with the guy. Like we talked about at 2 o'clock in the morning with the fans on the road. Like he's like living a rock star life. They 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 posted his selfie in the freaking art museum. <laughs> Literally in Buffalo. They posted his selfie like a Man, like you gotta a, love the mafia. Like dude. The Bills mafia is something else. They're insane. It is it is it is next level, and they are playing, they're a w- very well coached team. And I just looked at this line and went, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I, 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 I don't know if I'm ready to say new, that Buffalo can win, but damn, I hope they do. Uh, look, I'm with Jake on this one. I don't understand this line. My, my only looking at these first two games, my only explanation could be they expect a lot of um, amateur, for lack of a better phrase, yeah. bets coming in because it's a Saturday because there's no college football to bet on um, because you know because they're gonna have a lot of influx. It's a different. It's it's Christmas weekend. Uh, leading into the Christmas holiday, that they might just have a lot of first time or, or inexperienced, I should say. I should say amateur. I don't. I don't mean it that way. But inexperienced betters that they know that okay, it's the Patriots. Inexperienced betters yeah. are going to go heavy on Texans. They're going to go heavy on the Patriots. So we have to adjust to make sure we get our fifty fifty split, which is what they're always 
in theory, trying to do. But I'm with you. I, the Patriots don't deserve to be six and a half point favorites in this game. They barely beat Buffalo in Buffalo early this season. They may not have if Josh Allen didn't leave that game early. You have that cheap shot you talked about. And I can't remember if it was two seasons ago or three, but you also had that bad cheap shot by Rob Gronkowski on Trey White yes. after the play, yes. which is really one of the dirtiest hits I've seen in all in all. It was terrible. It was time. terrible. It and it had no terrible. business because he was getting his ass kicked in that game yep. and couldn't, couldn't handle it. Uh, I'm sure... I, and I'm sure Joe Marino and, and all the Bills Mafia very much remember that play happening. So there is a lot of animosity here. The Bills are playing better right now. You can run on the Patriots very effectively right Great now. Great point, Devin Jamie. And Devin Singletary, they, are, they have committed. They're like, yep. we are going to give him 20 touches or plenty plus touches and roll with him. I love him as an RB2 this week in fantasy. That's going to be the key to the game, establishing the run with him and Josh Allen doing enough in the air as well as doing what he always usually does on the ground with his legs. And they can win this game. And I think if they don't, they're losing on a field goal. Like yeah. I think it's that close of a game. Uh, I would, I really hope they do because it sends the whole AFC playoff picture into chaos, and I love it. Yeah, uh, if that happens, it's going to be mass chaos. it's a fan base that deserves to have a couple things break their way at some point. Can no you kidding. imagine Buffalo hosting a playoff game? Oh, please. Dude, like, like, I, I, I've I never wanted go- to go back, but I might want to jump on a plane and go to that. I might too, because it will be absolutely I just insane. want to hang out in the parking lot for like, give me a night game in Buffalo for the playoffs and let me give me four hours in that parking lot to just walk around and watch. And experience what will be just madness. Just absolutely, that would be one and, of the and a loudest. And hot chocolate and Bailey's because it's going to be cold. At <laughs> I was going to say, and it's going to be absolutely freezing if it does happen. But man, oh man, I would love yeah. to see Buffalo host a game. Yeah, and you know, look, and if, if Jake's prediction comes through, they'd be hosting the Titans, and nothing bad has ever happened to the Bills when they've played the Titans in a playoff <laughs> game. So <laughs> that would be awesome. And too bad has ever happened. I can't think of one. Uh, I don't know. I just can't think of one thing. Like I, I, you're gonna have to pitch me an idea of what oh could have God. happened. Um, yeah. Oh man! I'm By sorry, the way, Jamie has man. two nights at the Improv this weekend for uh, <laughs> his second career. Oh God! We're, we're gonna start pimping him out as an Improv guy. Holy, <laughs> oh, that's funny. On this game as well. Look, you have to play Julian Edelman because he's Edelman, but he is really banged up now. Yeah. He's dealing with an additional injury to the shoulder that's been bothering him all all year, and he only had like what, three targets last week. If he's banged up at all, they have nothing. Yeah, they have nothing. They have James White. Yeah, that is it. And this offense has been bad anyway. Like I, I, I just, I, I don't think people have adjusted that the Patriots are really, really hard pressed to score on offense. I know they put up the, their score last week was aided by four picks. Some, Defensive help, yeah. Four but picks. It was ten to ten yeah. at halftime. And a pick six. Bengals. And yeah, it, it's a problem. Like yeah. that offense is a problem. And I know people are like, "Well, can Buffalo score with the Patriots? Can the Patriots score with Buffalo?" Thank I don't you. know if there's that big of a difference between these offenses right now. No, and, and I think the biggest part of this is Buffalo's defense. Buffalo's defense is going to make Tom Brady's day hell. They have not looked good all season long. They've been able to get after the quarterback, and we all know when that happens, Tom struggles. Doesn't matter if it's 2019 Tom, 2015 Tom, 2010 Tom. 2002 Tom. Yeah. He wasn't moving around very much either. Look, here's here's a question for you, Paige. Who was the better defense last week, Pittsburgh and Buffalo? Pittsburgh or Buffalo? Yeah, last week in that game. Who was the better defense? Buffalo. Exactly. Is Pittsburgh's defense that much worse than New England's? No. No, I don't, I don't know that Buffalo's defense isn't every bit as good as New England's. And Buffalo's offense with Josh Allen running around, is a, they're better offensively. Yeah, the thing for me is – And they're healthier. Like, and they're younger. And they're fresher. Yeah. And I, 
I, New England's defense is so inflated to me. I just, I don't, I think there's still this un, like mystique and misunderstanding of the numbers that they put up over the first eight weeks where they literally played high school quarterbacks. That's where stats lie, right? I mean, they've given up 16 touchdowns and they keep showing all these stats. But like you go back to, they played the Bengals again last week. Yeah. But the Bengals I mean, scored one of those touchdowns. Like, it, I don't know. Yeah, just, their, not, their defense, they're, they're, look, their defense is really good. Don't get me wrong. But they're not all-time great. And I don't know no, they're not, not even the even best worse. defense in the league this year. And I don't know that no. their defense is that much better than what Buffalo is doing. If you go back to what we talked about Buffalo last month, too, where I was questioning things a month, they don't beat themselves. They turn it over in Pittsburgh a little bit. Pittsburgh gets more turnovers than anybody. So does New England. But they still overcame that and put up 20. Yeah. And Sean McDermott, that's how he coaches, right? It's that's Ron the, Rivera, man. It's, 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 it's the Panthers exactly. for all those years of, like, they don't beat themselves. You have to beat them, and it's yep. hard to do. Yeah, and again, you have to remember some of the circumstances from that Buffalo game. With that, again, New England won by six. They had forced four turnovers. Josh Allen left the game late in the fourth quarter, and they had a blocked punt in return for a touchdown. Yeah, and All their offense did nothing. Six. Yeah, six. Yeah, it was a close game, and everything went wrong for Buffalo. Literally everything. So that's, excuse me, while I don't agree that that team is six and a half point favorites. All right, the last game we're going to get into here is the LA Rams going on the road uh, after just getting worked in Dallas. They're going on the road to play the San Francisco 49ers, who just had a tough loss at home. The Niners are a six and a half point favorite Ooh. at home. This is a night game on the West Coast. Uh, Jake, I heard your woo in the background, so I'm going to let you take this one first. What is your uh, projections for this one? I mean, that seems like a little bit of an overreaction, as banged up as San Francisco is, six and a half. Uh, but the Rams look that bad after looking that good. How the hell you look that good for a couple weeks and lay that big of an egg? I mean, I, uh, I mean, just awful. The Rams look so bad in Dallas, and I don't even know what to take from that. I also look at one of the best teams in the league, one of the best coach teams, best run organizations right now by John Lynch, who technically got embarrassed, right? They didn't show up at home when they're trying to keep pace for the one seed and give up a last-second drive to a Falcons team that's been garbage all year. They're embarrassed. I don't like – you guys know how I am with professionals being embarrassed. It wasn't as bad as the Rams got embarrassed last week, but I can see the Rams folding. And I, I, I know the Niners are going to fight with everything they have. I'm going Niners 28-24. I don't think they cover six and a half, though. I think this is still really close. I don't know that they have enough to. Yeah, that's why I've gone back and forth. Like I, I, I'm pretty secure in the Niners being able to get this done. It's just whether or not they can do it by a touchdown. I guess I'll lead toward them winning by seven. But, look, they're really banged up right now. The Rams, like, I know they're technically alive, but they're not. But they're like, not. They're not. Like, they're not going to they're not gonna make the playoffs. I think they realize that. Uh, By the way, I'll cut you off for a second, Jamie. I think Dallas put a lot on film against the Rams that Kyle Shanahan and company is going to take advantage of offensively and defensively. And also the the trend this year has been pretty clear. When Jared Goff faces – and even without Richard Sherman and some of the other injuries, the Niners are an above-average defense, even without those. Oh, and they rush the passer. Absolutely. When Jared Goff has faced above-average defenses this year, he has been terrible. He's been great against bad defenses and terrible against everybody else. I don't have any faith in him going on the road to San Francisco on a team that, again, is for a team is with the record they have pretty desperate. Yeah, because all of a sudden that path to the Super Bowl is a whole lot different to win two home 100%. games versus three road games. It's a whole lot different, uh, and it's probably the difference between whether you go to the Super Bowl or not. Let's be quite frankly, like 100%. it's probably the difference for this team. They're going to fight hard. They're going to fight with what they have. I, 
you know, they have enough weapons. They move again with the way that they move Debo Samuel around, the way they move Emmanuel Sanders around. It's not, not like Jalen Ramsey can just take one of those guys away. He's going to no. take some one of those guys away on a play, yeah. but he's not going to take both of those guys away or one of those guys away for the entire game. All the game. time, yeah. Uh, so they'll be able to move the ball a little bit. Uh, I hope they commit to Raheem Mostert a little bit more. I think uh, they learned that lesson last week. When he was on the field, that offense looked completely different. Just mm-hmm. ride with yeah, the You're not going to see another <laughs> terrible game plan and that conservative a game plan from Kyle Shanahan. I think he thought we could conservatively get through this and win. And they should have. But you're not going to see yeah. that again. He's going to have a bunch of stuff schemed up. It's yeah. the, the unfortunate thing for the Rams is they're catching this team off of a bad loss at home, and I don't think it's going to be very good. I, as somebody who just went to that stadium and saw what that environment was like, in a night game, I can tell you it's not going to be a friendly environment for the LA Rams in this game. It's going to be loud. The fans are going to be rowdy, and they're going to be into it, and they love that defense, and that defense is going to absolutely die for this. They are going to love getting after Jared Goff, and Jamie's made the great point all season long. Jared Goff can't be good defenses. He hasn't. No, in both real life and fantasy. like yeah. it's, It hasn't, hasn't been good. You know, from a fantasy perspective, look, you – I have Gurley as a low-end RB2 this week. I'm not thrilled about it, but I doubt you have two running backs on your roster better than him. Maybe yeah. you do, but somebody you have to consider. Like that's He's he's more of a question this week. You're starting Woods and, and Cooper Cup like you normally would. Um, I, Higby, if you, again, I think he's at least worthy worth playing if Jared Everett's out just because he's getting a ton of volume. And that's, that's been an evidence by Jared Goff's struggles is when he's afraid to go down the field and just throwing it, dumping yeah. it off and throwing it to Higby 14 targets or 12 targets a game like he's done the last couple games. Niners, you're starting Samuel, you're starting Sanders, you're starting Mostert, you're starting Kittle. Uh, I probably, again, unless you're in a really deep league or two quarterbacks, I'm just avoiding both quarterbacks in this game. I just don't think it, there's a lot of upside here either way. All right, guys. Well, we've reached the end of the podcast. Uh, we are uh, going to give our parting thoughts, if any. So, Jake, there was no ranting today, which is in high contrast to our Monday show where, listen, we got a ton of feedback on social media, which we uh, really appreciate. We love when you guys are tweeting at us. So continue to do that. But I know that everybody was real excited about our ranting about all of the different fan bases that we called out for not appreciating how great they've had it. Uh, the referee ranting we had, we had a ton of ranting, no ranting today. So Jake, uh, any parting thoughts? Or are you ranting at the end of the podcast? I'll go on a small one. If you, if, if you want, I mean, if we need, and you know, nobody was this stupid in the last two days as they were over the weekend with some of the stuff. Uh, Antonio Brown, you have a chance to possibly get signed by the Seahawks to make a run at a Super Bowl. They're desperate and you're somebody take his phone. Seriously. Drew Rosenhaus is one of the best agents around. Say what you want about his clients and and how he handles them. Dude is really good at his job. He cares. Somebody take this jackass's phone from him so he can get a job. No white women 20 album, 2020 album. Like, what the hell? Stop, man. It's sad. Like, it's sad. I've known this dude a long time. He's had problems for a long time. People kept it under wraps. But, like, somebody helped this kid out. Because as, as much fun as it is to make fun of Pope, like, he's got serious freaking problems. And my rant is like somebody that cares about him, take his damn phone. Because if he just shuts the hell up, somebody's desperate enough to sign him to make a run. It's going to happen. Yeah, uh, I will jump in just to follow up on that rant. Mental health issues are not funny to make fun of. Antonio Brown has serious mental health issues. That's my rant. Because I know that it's it's an easy target right? To make fun of him. And he is staying, he is saying a lot of stupid, irresponsible things, but the guy has mental health issues. It's very clear in the way that he acts. He's manic, the way he tweets, the way yeah, he acts. Yeah, at this point it's sad, right? Like it's it was sad. funny for it's a while. Fun. You have to be able to poke fun at what he does because it's so stupid. 
Exactly. But, but at this point, sad. yeah, you got to go, okay. Like, it's sad. He needs help. That's all like, somebody get it. it whether he plays or not, take his phone and get him some help. Like, I, 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 can't, that's I exactly can't take right. any more of this. And everybody that's out there, quit retweeting it and liking it. Just, no. it's just, don't encourage it. Don't oh, encourage God, the so bad, bad behavior. Yeah, don't you, encourage You can't tell me for a second Pete Carroll doesn't go, hell, I'll sign him. I don't give a damn. That, that dude can win us the Super Bowl. Josh Gordon's now gone. Lockett's fighting through stuff. We got a rookie on the other side. Listen, there's, there's they're willing to risk it, but yeah, a few coaches that I think could, because of Pete's surfer Pete mentality and his lackadaisical allow the players to be the players attitude. There's probably the best case scenario for AB is him being there. But if you have such a positive culture right now, which is what you have, he's so toxic and he does it to himself. It's like if you're like you said, Jake. If you're Drew Rosenhaus or you're anybody in his inner circle, literally take his phone, go outside and smash it. Literally, that's what you need to do because he he needs to be helped from himself. That is where he is right now. He needs to be eliminated, taken away from what the issues are. The issues are that he, every time he tweets, is making the chance that he's back in the NFL smaller and smaller and smaller. Every single time he does it, there is no benefit to what he's doing. And that is where you you hope that there is somebody in the inner circle that actually has his best interest at heart that says, listen, man, you got to stop. And I know they've just- done it. I just don't know what you can do. Because I know those people are trying. But I mean, course, it's not I even a rant. I mean- it's more of a plead at this point. Plead for sure. It's a plead, and and just the fact that the mental health issues are so real, especially with athletes. The statistics are there. Uh, you took away the one thing that he loved, and the second there now he has no stability in well, his let's life. Let's be honest. Hero. He took it away. One hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making him unculpable here. So that's. But, no, but you're right. Sure. You're right. It's been taken. He's got nothing left. He's living yeah. off of the celebrity of AB, not of the course. football player. That's all he had. and that's what makes that's him. AB. Yeah. And anybody that has those issues that if you know, stability is the only thing that keeps that health in check. And when you're a football player, your life is very regimented and now it's not. And that's really hard. And now he's at lashing out and, you know, a plead it's the Christmas season. Hopefully he, somebody helps him out and does what's good for him because he is talented. He could help a team and hopefully he helps himself and more a, so than anything else. And that's a good note overall. I have some fantasy things I'll get into in a second, but just, you know, not to make this a PSA, but uh, it is the holiday season. And if anybody knows anything about mental health and, and self-harm statistics, they know this is an extremely difficult time of year for those who suffer from any mental ailment. Um, I know my, my, my father does. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that I, it's a daily battle and it's something that you have to deal with all the time. So if you have somebody like that in your life, whether it's a family member or a friend, uh, reach out to them this holiday Good time season. to check in. Sometimes just somebody to talk to uh, can mean the world to them, especially when they're feeling alone this time of year when, you know, everything on TV is showing everybody with their families and yeah. the Christmas movies are on. You kind of can't escape it. So for those who maybe are displaced, Maybe for those that don't even have uh, don't have any diagnosed mental health issues, but maybe they just had to lonely. travel for work or yeah. they had just had to move someplace new and they don't have anybody, kind of keep them in the f- forefront of your mind uh, this holiday season. Uh, but back to football for again a much less important topic. But back to football, a um, couple things to note uh, that have happened since the show on Monday. We talked about quarterback changes uh, in Carolina and in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is going to stick with Doug Hodges. Carolina will looks like they're going to start Will Greer. Uh, so we'll see how that affects Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore in particular this week. Um, the Giants sent Evan Ingram to IR, so he is not coming back. Uh, the uh, AJ Green says he's probably not going to play in these final two games, and he'll hit, hit into free agency. So 
lost year for him. Uh, yeah, this is the, by, by the way, what does that do to the Bengals? They kept him on the roster all year. He never went yeah. on PUP, nothing. Like, they lost a roster spot. You only got so many. Yeah. Like, that killed uh, them. It, killed them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's something that's it's, – it's And if a, they don't resign him, it, it double kills him. Because you kept yeah. a guy all year that's going to be a free agent that might leave you that you could have replaced or put on IR or something like that. That was – High and dry. That's I don't know, man. That was I don't know how he can resign there after doing them. I mean, I know it's you're struggling with it, and you're trying whatever. But he's like, okay, I'm practicing, I'm running cones, I'm going to play. No, I'm going to go see another specialist. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about a poorly run organization. They should have put him on IR like week six and moved on and got another player. People that they're listening, you only got 53 guys, 45 dress on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That is those are brutal numbers. Like to put a healthy NFL team together. Of who's inactive when you're talking about 45 guys, whoo! You need every spot. yeah, and it's a cautionary tale for drafts next year with injury optimism. I, I know it's it's something that's talked about in baseball a little bit more than it gets talked about in football because usually when NFL players suffer injuries, are either in the preseason we usually see them either come back within the preseason or they, or it's like a season-ending one, yeah. and people adjust accordingly. But this is the this is the risk of, of injury optimism for everybody. That And, again, I thought he was worthy of taking a chance on in, in the middle rounds, and it didn't work out, but something to note for next year. I mean, look, Tua Tagovailoa had a very similar high ankle sprain surgery and played two weeks later. He's playing quarterback, yeah. not receiver. But you're talking about, like, okay, first day of preseason, he misses eight weeks, he's back for week three or four. I was, I was on the optimism bandwagon because you're getting him in, like, round seven or eight in all the mock drafts we did. To me, that was great. But now he doesn't play? Yeah, weird scenario. Really was. And uh, last note here is that Daniel Jones is back practicing with the starters. So there's a good chance that he will be – that we actually did see the Eli Manning uh, swan song, which would actually – if that's the way he goes out uh, – It's perfect It's way. perfect. Very exactly. curious to see what happens with Saquon there, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, with I, last I, week I, with Eli, Saquon looked healthy again. They gave him the rock. With Daniel Jones, me. they never gave him the rock. Like it – they should. Uh, that ought to be the way they go and let Daniel Jones play action off of that and get some naked boots yes. and rolls, get him in like, – that could be interesting, but – if they go back to just putting in Danny Dimes' hands and take it away from Saquon, how much of it was Saquon being hurt? How much of it was Eli and Daniel Jones? It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely going to be something to pay attention to. All right, Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at Fantasy underscore on Twitter and at Fantasy on Instagram. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.